Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. We're in the middle brachot of the Amidah, the supplications. We talked last week about uh, brachot number, we can call them four, five, six, the first three supplication blessings, which we called, uh, using the rabbinic names, Da'at, Teshuva, and Slicha, uh, knowledge or wisdom, um, repentance, and forgiveness. And we said that those are kind of a group of three, loosely speaking there. We can call them mental slash psychological slash spiritual um, uh, brachot. They kind of fit together. We want to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. That will lead us to uh, understand better what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and that will lead us to do tshuva. And then we hope that leads to forgiveness. And that's kind of at least superficially how the three of those fit together. Um, I did give out an assignment to say that people want, I wanted to encourage people to contemplate these three brachot uh, over the week and have any thoughts about how, what came to you or how they applied personally or anything like that. So would anyone like to share? You don't have to, <laughs> but at least the long pause can make you feel guilty that you didn't contemplate or that you don't want to share. Okay. Last call. All right, here we go. So we're going to move on to the next group of three, which are a group of three um, because they're more about, I'm going to call them physical needs rather than mental, psychological, spiritual needs. Again, these these categories I'm making are, are loose and you can kind of argue with them if you want. I don't mind if you disagree with me. So, these three, next group of three that's coming up about more physical needs, they are called Geula, redemption, Rifuah, healing, and Birkat Hashanim. I don't think the rabbis came up with a single word for it. The literally means the blessing of the years. It's the blessing of the seasons. Okay? So that's, let's look at that group of three. And I am in the Original large Sim Shalom on page 130 and in the slim on page 38. So, um, these are the next three brachot of supplication. So if we're just counting brachot of supplication in the middle of the Amidah, when we're asking for stuff, we would call them, uh, four, five, and six. But counting from the beginning of the Amidah, we're going to count that we're going to call them seven, eight, and nine. There are, I have seen Cedarim where they actually have a numeral next to the title of it. Seven, eight, and nine. Okay, so this is seven. We're starting with Reina Ve'onyenu. Everyone see where I am? If you don't see where I am, tell me to pause and I'll wait for you. Okay, so I will loosely translate. We're talking to God. Reina Ve'onyenu. Take notice of our suffering. The Riva Rivenu. And fight our fight. And bring us, again, I'll, I'll start with the fancy English word that we conventionally use to translate ga'al or gula, redemption, which in my mind is just using an hard to understand 
English word to translate a Hebrew word. I'll, I'll come back to that. And, and redeem us quickly, speedily for the sake of your name, meaning not because we deserve it. Okay. Not because we have merit or because you owe it to us, but we assume you don't owe it to us. It's, it's a gift of something we don't deserve. That's why we say for your name, God, for your sake. Ki el go el, uh, sorry, we don't have el there. In Sephardic Sidurim, they have el, I believe. Uh, Ashkenazim, ki go el chazak ata. For you are a mighty redeemer. Baruch Hashem, go el Yisrael, redeemer of Israel. Now, again, we've talked about redemption in the past when we talked about the third bracha of the Shema, the, sh- the blessing right before the Amidah. And when Jews talk about Geulah and say redemption, they mean protection and saving in the world. You can think of it as protection. You can use the word salvation, but again, that has theological overtones. But redemption and salvation means please protect me from harm. Okay. And what's the harm? The harm is enemies. The harm is the other nations. The harm comes from, you know, physical harms. So when we pray for Geulah, now, now it is true that when we talk about Geulah as a big concept, we're not really just saying, please help me not get in a car accident today. Right. So. Technically, the way Geulah is used in the Book of Psalms, that might qualify as Geulah. But we know that usually, as Jews, when we talk about Geulah, we're talking about national salvation, national redemption. Okay? But we're talking about physical protection. When we say redeem, we we mean rescue us from harm. Rescue is a better word, maybe. Okay? I keep saying protect. I'm going to say rescue. Okay? So, God... Take notice of our suffering. Fight our fight. Rescue us quickly, please, for the sake of your name. For you are the powerful rescuing God. Ki go el chazak ata. Or again, I think Sephardim say ki el go el chazak, ki, ki el go el chazak ata. You are the deity who is the powerful protector. Blessed are you, Hashem, who protects Israel. Okay. So, um... This bracha is about, on the one hand, it's about national redemption. On the other hand, if it were only about national redemption, it's an odd placement because you would say later on we have these blessings about rebuilding Jerusalem and uh, giving us a Davidic king. And if it was really just about the Mashiach time, um, you would think this bracha would be put later on in the sequence where it more obviously belongs. Um so I think uh I think the fact that it's been or I want to suggest the fact that it's been placed here in front of the blessing for healing and for making a living which is essentially what the blessing mevarech hashanim is I just want to suggest that this suggests to me that the group mind that put these blessings together among the sages intended this blessing of Geulah to be not just about redemption at the end time, meaning the coming of the Messiah, because it was just about that. They would have put that in a few blessings later with the blessing for rebuilding Jerusalem and the coming of the Davidic king, salvation. There, by the way, it's called Yeshua, that the the blessing that's clearly about 
national redemption at the end of time, Matzmiach Keren Yeshua, the one right before Shema Koleinu. So the fact that we have a separate blessing here for Geulah, which isn't rolled into Yeshua, suggests to me that it's really not primarily about national uh, salvation at the end of time, the big redemption with a capital R when the Mashiach comes, but rather it's meant to, to be more about, um, I am going to say, protection in this moment. That's my argument that I'd like to make. You can, you can think about that and then you can argue back with me. Jonathan? Avi, why do you go back and forth using rescue or protection? I'm a little confused what you mean because it's the to, to, to me they're two different meanings. Got it. I guess, I guess because it's a Hebrew word that can connote various things. Um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a value word from Torah times and sages times that connotes lots of different things. So I don't think any of these, um, translations captures it a hundred percent perfectly. Conventionally, we say redemption, but what I am saying is redemption actually means to physically save someone who is in physical peril. That's what redemption means. Okay. So you can call it rescue. The closest word I can think of is rescue because I'm suffering, right? I said, we started out saying, God, see our suffering. Okay. That means, oh, that's Oni, right? By the way, Oni is the word that is what God saw in Egypt. It's one of the words that God saw our condition in Egypt. Oni Mitzrayim, the suffering in Egypt. In modern Hebrew, it, it means poverty. In rabbinic Hebrew, it frequently means poverty, but more broadly, it means suffering. So we're saying, God, see our suffering. And then we want you to do this thing called geulah, which is apparently an antidote to our suffering. Okay. So the best simple word, English word that I can think of is rescue, right? Suffering means I'm in a pickle now. I'm in a jam, right? Now, what does that mean? It could mean that, uh, uh, you know, in rabbinic times, um, Israel is in exile among the nations and is subject to foreign powers. Undoubtedly, that's what the sages were thinking about. But I'm arguing that if that's all they were thinking about, then they would have put this with Yeshua. It would be mm-hmm. salvation at the end of time. Because we know we always say to God, redeem us eventually, right? That means, you know, you saved us in Egypt, and we want you to save us eventually by bringing the Mashiach. And the fact that we put it right here before the prayer where I'm going to pray for my my friend or loved one who's sick and the next blessing I'm going to pray for that. There'll be good crops this year so that my family won't starve suggests to me that the group mind that put the blessing here wasn't thinking primarily of messianic times, but was thinking primarily of protecting, rescuing and saving me or us now. Any comment on that? Other question or comment? Yes. Was that Michael? Michael. Yes. Um, When you mentioned that in uh, uh, Spartak Sidorim, it says, Ki El Goel, made me wonder. I think it does, because that's that's how I'm saying it in my head. So it must have come from somewhere, but go ahead, please. So it made me wonder, the word Goel, is that, is 
the ale contained within goel intended to mean God? Is this a word that only applies to uh, uh, redemption or saving or rescue by God? Excellent midrash. It's a midrash. Right. But but I but I don't believe so, meaning uh I, I don't believe originally in Hebrew. I think that could be a nice midrash on the Hebrew, right? But in in Hebrew, uh El, which is originally the name of a the Canaanite sky deity, deity of the heavens, um, I think generally connotes power and Gaal is from a different root that has the gimel. But you but it's a nice midrash. I accept that midrash. Larry. Uh, two things. One is, I wonder about, this is one of the places where the conservative Sidur has added a na. Where? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what did it add? What? Na. So, oh, okay. I've always said, and I continue to say, can you add a na, like a na, 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 anyways. Um, but that's not in any other Sidur I've ever daven from except for Sim Shalom. I think that I, um, I'd have to do some research on that. I'm guessing that might mean you haven't daven in an infinite variety of Sidurim because I doubt. That's true. In, in my mind, I, I don't think, I, I know, I know why conservative Sidur editors add things that aren't there originally. And I don't think na would be one of those things. I think there's got to be a text somewhere that has na in it. But I, I could look into that. Okay. But what? But were you? were you going to comment on it or going to observe it? I, I apologize. I missed your entire answer. I froze during your entire answer, but you'll give it to yeah. me later on. Yeah, I, I'll um, tell you in brief. I don't. I don't think that's a made up. I know in general the style of when conservative editors add things. Adding a na is not a typical thing. I'm guessing there must be some other sidur that has re'ena v'onyeno, and I will work on researching that. There, there's at least one other edition of a na. The second thing is, is here's, this is strictly for me, and I'm sure it has no meaning at all. I used to get confused and still do, um, even though I know the difference between goel and um, galut. So I always thought of galut being exile. And so Goel being liberation, uh-huh. so it's like the opposite of exile. Uh-huh. That's a nice midrash also. Correct. <laughs> right. Um, uh, right. Uh, and again, the root of that, Gal is Gimel Aleph Lamed. Uh, Galut is Gimel Lamed Hey. So surely, right, it's, uh, you can make a nice little midrash about it. It's the reversing. Okay. Which comes from, still starts with G- Gimel, which is the first letter of God. Right. So, <laughs> our exile and turn it into salvation. Right. So, by the way, in terms of um, uh, adding requests into our daily Amida, this is the bracha. Well, pers- I'm speaking personally now. Where on some mornings, briefly, briefly means you know half a second or two seconds. I actually say something or I'm thinking something about. Uh, you know, rioting in Israel or rockets from Gaza or, um, the Uyghurs in China or Myanmar or something like that. Meaning something that's in my mind from the news at the moment, 
which makes me think, you know, my gut, my, my gut, uh, my first thought always is like, ah, the world is such a terrible place with awful things happening in it, in the world. And that's the moment that I'll take to sort of say, um, Hashem, I hope this comes to an end soon, this physical suffering. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I were worried about my, my child driving cross country or something like that. I suppose I'd put that in this blessing also, right? So it's a blessing for protection, saving. And Jonathan can argue with me that protection and rescue are not exactly the same thing. You are correct. They are definitely not exactly the same thing. But I believe this is about God. Please, we want things that are physically harmful to us. We want you to bring them to an end so that we will no longer be in physical peril. I think that's primarily what this bracha is about. It's about rescue from physical peril. I'll just let that, let you all dwell on that. Logically speaking, next, we have illness. Okay? We want people to be healed. Rifa'enu Hashem v'nei By the way, this is a great example of what the Sidur does. It's a quote from Jeremiah, except Jeremiah, Yirmiyahu the prophet says, does anyone know what Yirmiyahu says? Yirmiyahu says, Rifa'eni Hashem ve'erafe. Heal me, Hashem, and I will be healed. Mm-hmm. Right? Our Sidur has snip, taken that little snippet and it puts it in the plural because everything we say in the Amidah, we say in the plural. Remember, probably originally, probably originally at some very early stage, the Amidah was just recited aloud by the Chazan and people listened and said Amen probably originally at some stage. Okay? So it makes sense that everything is phrased in the plural. The Chazan is praying on behalf on the entire community. So um, the quote from the Bible is actually changed by the Sidur from uh, Rifa'eni to Rifa'enu. I always have an argument, by the way, with my wife. Uh, it's, an on, it's an ongoing argument about... Um, the, uh, the blessing for Friday nights. We have four daughters. She says we should always change it into the female. It doesn't make sense to say to the daughter, it should be, and I always, and I say like, no, 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 this is the traditional thing. You don't change quotes from the Bible, right? For grammar purposes. So this is proof that, of course, as is almost always the case, my wife is correct that Sometimes, in fact, in the Sidur, they do change quotes from the Bible for grammar purposes. Okay? So, heal us, Hashem, so that we will be healed. Hoshieni v'nivashaya. Save us so that we will be saved. Lohoshia is another word that means save or rescue. Ki tihlatenu ata. For you are our, translates here as English, tihila really means praise. Um... And bring total healing to all our ailments. It's not a literal translation for makotenu, but that's pretty much what it means. Physical afflictions. Ki el melech rofe ne'eman v'rachaman ata. For you are the deity sovereign who is faithful 
merciful healer. Rofet Ne'eman V'Rachaman. That's the kind of doctor anyone would like to have, right? A Rofet who is Ne'eman V'Rachaman, compassionate and faithful, right? So we say, God, you're the big doctor, the big doctor in the sky, right? Baruch Hashem, Rofet Cholei Amo Yisrael, who heals all the sick of Israel. And as an example of what you are invited to do, but you could do this um, in, I'm now on page, I turned the page to page 142 in the SIM. I'm still on page 38 in the SLIM. As, uh, as an example of what you're invited to do in any of these brachot, right? The tradition invites you in any of these brachot to add your personal supplications that apply under any of these categories. So our Sidur gives you an example of how to do that. It puts Misha Beirach, your own personal Misha Beirach for Cholim in this bracha. So in this bracha, generally one, usually in the morning, but once a day, uh, I add my personal Misha Beirach for Cholim and my Misha Beirach list. I generally, sometimes on Mondays and Thursdays, I'm ambivalent about it. Like, should I add it anyway in my individual prayer or do I not need to do that? Because we're going to say the communal prayer for healing. But at least once a day, I have to say, I have to confess, I try to daven three times a day. I don't always make it. It's aspirational. I don't usually add my Misha Berach list three times a day. Uh, it takes up too much time. But I will try at least one of the times a day that I say the Amidah to have my personal Misha Berach list in here. It helps me focus on who it is that I'm thinking of who, um, you know, needs prayers. Avi? Yeah. If, if you don't mind, I, I'm the, I don't have the same show in front of me, but there's a line at the very end of the supplication after Betoch Shar Yisrael about helping the helpers, how a scheme, I forget the line. Yeah, it's it's not in the traditional Misha Beirach. I know it's in the conservative one. I don't know if that is something that the conservative movement made up or found somewhere in some other Mishaberach, I got to do some research into that. I don't actually know. But it's a wonderful sentiment, isn't it? Yes, correct. That is, we we want he, right because we know we know, you know, as a doctor, I know much has been certainly during COVID. Right, we're all very aware of this, but also like in terms of dealing with uh, families that have a family member with uh, dementia. Right, we're now very aware of the burden on the burden of illness on caregivers not only on the ill person. So this is the prayer for caregivers. By the way, this is personal. Um, in my own personal Amida nowadays, this is where I add, you know, we're, we're, are we still keeping the one line? I'm, I'm always late. Are we still keeping the one line of Avinu Malkeinu Menam Agefami Nachalatecha? No, okay. we've, we've removed that now. Got it. So um, I got it. So that's very nice. The Delta variant, who knows what's going to happen. I still add it. I don't do Avinu Malkeinu. I add it in this bracha. So I actually say my Mishaberach list and I say, V'toch sharach ole Yisrael, V'chazek yideho skim b'tzorcheihem, umna magefa minachalatecha. Baruch ata Hashem, rofech ole emo Yisrael. Just to translate, na magefa minachalatecha, is the Avinu Malkeinu we were keeping for a while, but, but which apparently now we have stopped saying, uh, um, prevent plagues from your uh, land. I'm just going to translate land. I'm just going to loosely translate from the world, right? It's not actually what it means, but it's close enough for government work, 
Okay, so it seems to me that fits perfectly in this bracha, right? We're in a plague. We want the plague to end there. Uh, so that's kind of where I add it. COVID ain't over yet, regardless of whether or not we say the Avina Malkeno. Right. Um, right. So when I do my uh, when I have when I when I do my Amida, the once a day when I actually have time to take my time, uh, I will do the Mishaberach. I'll do my whole list. I basically do this Mishaberach more or less, right? I have my whole list. I add Vechazeke Yideos Kimbatzarchehem because I'm used to it by now because I've been hearing that in shul for years and years and years in conservative shuls, uh, to, to, um, that the caregiver should be strengthened. Umnam Magefa Minachalatecha, which means may this COVID plague come to an end. Aruchat Hashem, Rofet, Cholei, Amo Yisrael. Pause for question, comment, thoughts. The third physical need, Barech Aleinu Hashem Elokeinu et HaShanah Hazot. Bless for us Hashem this year. Vet kol all its varieties of produce. Litova, for good. And tuv or tov in biblical Hebrew very often means um, abundant crops. When God says, I will give you tuv haaretz, the goodness of the land, uh, what it means, you will eat the goodness of the land. It's very concrete. It means abundant yield of crops, meaning people have what they need and more than what they need for survival, and it is not a time of scarcity. Um, this is based on kind of the, the the consciousness of living in Eretz Israel, as we know from second paragraph of the Shema, Vayayim Shamoa, and that whole paragraph in Deuteronomy, where it's a land that's totally dependent on rain, there are natural cycles, um, if it goes well, there are crops and people do great, and then we have Sukkot with a big abundance, you know, where we have Thanksgiving, that it was such a great crop, and then we'll be fine. If there's drought or famine, then people starve. They die, they migrate to other countries, right? Um and so, like the story of Ruth, for example, right? The beginning of Ruth, there's a, there's a famine, and that's why they, the family has to leave, uh, Judea to go to Moab, right? So, Litova here isn't just good, like a kind of a, a nondescript banal word, like nice, okay? Um, it actually does signal a whole group of associations, which has to do with abundant Crops. The goodness of the land means um, a good year in a world, in an ancient world, where everyone was dependent on farming at its core. Okay. And then we have two versions in the, this brings home what we're talking about, really. In the winter season, the rainy season, we say, V'ten talumatar livracha alpanea give dew and rain for blessing on the, the face of the land, Adama really means land or earth, in the summer season, when there isn't any rain in Eretz Israel in general, we say, V'tein bracha al Adama, blessing on the land, V'sabe'enu mituva, and sate us, S-A-T-E, sate us from its goodness. Here it's clear that tuv means Good crops, fecundity, 
abundance in the natural world. And bless our years like the good years. I'm going to, I'm going to translate that more loosely and less literally. I think the sense of it is have this year be one of the good years, right? So when you live in a society like that, you're mindful that there are good years and there are bad years, right? The good crop years and bad crop years. And we're saying, we want this year, I think colloquially, I'm translating colloquially and loosely, we want this year to be one of the good years, okay? Um, so this is a bracha for actual physical sustenance at its most basic. It's about that there should be crops so that we will eat, survive, and have, a, and yay, even have abundance. What that means is, if you can sort of just take a step back from that in terms of, you know, widen the camera lens. It's about economic sustenance. In the ancient world, that had to do with farming. For many of us in the contemporary world, that may not be about farming. Now, you can think about the natural world. You can think about global warming. You can think about, I got to stop using plastics. You can think about, uh, I hope I can pay my bills. I hope I can find a job. I hope my kid does well on her job interview. So to, at various points, these are all things that have popped into my mind during the blessing, Mivarech Hashanim, right? Mivarech Hashanim is God who blesses the years. It's a very weird, that sounds like, what does that mean? What it really means is, by the way, we say this colloquially, uh, uh, in English too, like, how's it going with work? I had a good year this year, right? What does that usually mean when people say I had a good year this year? It usually means they, they made more money than they usually do. That's usually what people mean colloquially when they said I had a good year this year. You know, my calendar was full. I had a lot of cases. I wasn't worried about paying my bills, you know, however you want to phrase it. Uh, you know, I'm very mindful of this during, um, uh, COVID, as we all know, um, uh, it's been economically very hard and it's been an economically beneficial time for some other people. So, you know, my, my patients who do like, uh, marketing for skincare products, right. Or other, you know, interior design in LA gardens, redoing people's gardens, landscaping, the kinds of things that people have taken care of during COVID, like during their time of nesting at home. So when I talk to someone about, you know, their job in marketing for personal skincare products, how's it going for you? <clears throat> They'll say, oh, economically, it's been, it's been a good year. Okay. What do they mean by that? What they mean was business was good. The same way a farmer, when a, you know, when a farmer says that they mean, you know, the corn is as high as the elephant's eye. If I may quote, probably. <laughs> Rogers and Hammerstein or whoever wrote that. Yeah. So this is about, on the one hand, it's about the crop cycle, rain, fertility, and which, if we just step back and look at it on a larger level, is about economics. Again, the economics of the world, the economics of my community, the economics of me and my family. All right. Um, so this is an opportunity to add your own prayer about that. 
So I step back from these three, and this is partly why I see Geula in this sequence to not be about like redeem us in the messianic time, but rather protect us now, save us now from harm. Okay. Um, so these three brachot are God protect and save us. Us includes me and those I pray for God bring healing to the sick who need it. And God, please make sure we have a good year. There's enough money in the bank. There's enough food in the refrigerator. We can take care of our sustenance, right? So I see all three of these brachot. I see, I, 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 they resonate with me as a, uh, a sequence that fits together. Um, not necessarily one is based on the other, like last week's sequence of three, but rather these are three aspects of being taken care of, being okay in the physical world, right? Uh, I'm not suffering in some sort of suffering other than in the sickness kind of way. Right, Gula is about the the oni here, reina beonyenu. The oni, whatever it is we're praying about, that kind of suffering, it seems to be something other than sickness, right? Because sickness has its own bracha, right? So it's the suffering that doesn't have to do with illness, okay? So, yeah, pause. so so uh, save and protect, heal, feed. You can think of it that way if you want to make it very basic. These are these three brachot. And again, I want to encourage people, there are opportunities. I want to encourage you to use those opportunities for you to meditate on and ask for what you need. Again, the Gemara says people are exposed, are welcomed, encouraged to insert their own specific needs into these brachot in the appropriate ones. Pause. We'll take a few minutes for reflections and then we'll wrap up. Larry. Um. Quickly, uh, just those who know anything about agriculture know that sometimes a very good year in terms of your own crops can be a bad economic year because the supply is so high. So that can be a um, dilemma. Yes. Secondly, um, uh, Rabbi Sachs has in the Sachs Corn Cedar a very interesting commentary on the Gula blessing, which I would commend to everybody. It's rather long. I'm not going to read it. That's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Tell us the heart of it, the summary. Um, Since we don't all have that, not everyone owns that tour, so we're going to rely on you to summarize Rabbi Sachs's wisdom. Well, mainly what you said, this is not for national redemption, which is a subject of later blessings, but rather is for personal um, uh, crises from captivity, persecution, misfortune, or affliction. And he also then relates it to something that uh, uh, Shimshon Raphael Hirsch um, distinguished Look at our affliction refers to suffering not caused by others, but plead our cause refers to those who seek out our harm. There's an interesting distinction. And just the last comment I'll have or question is, are you going to talk about the um, uh, Anenu um, prayer that, you, that the, that the Shliat Sibur adds there during fast days? Yeah, we could do that uh, when we get to Shema Koleinu. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk about various changes and insertions. You know, there's also Nachem, the blessing in Jerusalem. So yes, we'll, we'll try to get to that. Yeah. I mean, in, in, I'll say one line on it now. In short, Anenu was said on fast days that, that were proclaimed 
at times of particular suffering. They could either be national, political, military suffering or drought suffering. Okay. So it was about specific things that, so a fast day would be proclaimed for specific things that threatened the community. And that's why it was linked to that bracha, I think in general, because it's about, it's about, it's a bracha about Hashem rescue us from threats, more or less. Again, very broadly. Okay. Anti-Semitism. If I was worried about, if I was concerned about anti-Semitism, that, this, this is where I put, I put something over here, maybe. There are other places where you might put something also. Other thoughts, thoughts, comments about any of these group of three? The floor is open. Terry? It's, it's not a direct comment. It's, it is Rogers and Hammerstein. It's Oklahoma. Yeah, and I knew, I knew it was Oklahoma. I just couldn't remember who wrote Oklahoma. Yeah. My, my, um, the corn is, she's saying, she's reflecting on the corn is as high as an elephant's eye. Yes. My, um, my husband, um, like your wife, every week would, um, feminize the, and, and, uh, and, as as much as possible neutral neutralize when appropriate depending on guests the uh, the blessing the shabbat uh, blessing would he say is it would he say that to tal yisimech elohim i mean we say yisimech right i mean that is yisimech but then would he say yivar hashem v'yishmerech or something like that god yes every okay. week okay thank you for sharing that yeah he was correct all right so, 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 my, uh, my, my wife, my wife is, wants to do it the way, uh, Baruch Link, Zichron Olivracha did it. That's, uh, okay. She's got, or, or Baruch was doing it the way Debbie was doing it. Right. So, so she's got someone to be so mechan, someone to rely on. Thank you. Alan. Yeah. Uh, early in the Sidur, we talk about a meditation about to God protect us and we use, uh, uh, you know, protect yeah. us from whether it be a member of the covenant or not, and all yeah. that stuff. Yes. Any thoughts on the difference between why in that supplication or meditation it, you were, were using lahatzil as opposed to ga'al to yeah. redeem and protect us in that sense? Right. If it's, that's what ga'al means right. in protection, why use that instead of lahatzil? It's a great question. I'm not quite sure. In general, when we're in classical sources, by which I mean um, uh, Tanakh and Rabbinic, in general, when we're talking about protection, the words Geula and Yeshua, redemption, which we translate as redemption and salvation in Latin, fancy Latin English words, um, they tend to be the more commonly used words, right? Ligaol and Lahoshia. Lahatsil is definitely less common, and thus it's also kind of a narrower word. It has a narrower semantic field. Um, and I'm not quite sure why one would have to look at it. You know, you'd look at a, a concordance, like for all the uses in Psalms, because King David in Psalms is always praying for rescue me from this pickle that I'm in, this jam, get me out of this jam, oh Lord. Um, and, uh, and it would be interesting to look at sort of the different uses of those words. So it's a great question. I don't have a good answer to it. 
Okay. Uh, a follow-up un- unrelated. Uh, yeah. The uh, last week you talked about, uh, you used a word to describe when a thought is contained at the beginning and at the end to, to, to do that. What is that word that, that, that oh, you? It, um, I think it's called an inclusio. An inclusio means you say it at the beginning and the end and it, it, it functions as parentheses. It would be as if in English where we, we, you start a paragraph and you end a paragraph, you, you're supposed to mean in my, Essay. This is a thought, right? Okay. Is, and is that another thought? Yeah. Is is that re- related in any way to the notion of uh, the long blessing that both begins and ends in that sense? Yeah. Um, it, sort of related in the sense that in general the style of brachot is when you have a whole a bracha, when you have a whole long paragraph is the bracha is supposed to kick off with some keyword that tells you what it's going to be about. And then the chatima, the baruch Hashem, closes with that. It's considered like that's the correct form. You wouldn't want to meander through a whole bunch of thoughts and say, what is this blessing about? And not know till you get to the end. So you say, rifa'enu Hashem v'nei rafei, great way to lead. I know that this blessing is about healing. And I cl- conclude baruch Hashem, um, so that's interesting because let's say Geula does not start Ge'alenu Hashem V'nigael or something. It's look at our suffering. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't exactly lead with Geula, which again is another thing that makes me say like, oh, it's not about national salvation, right? I, I have someone to rely. I'm so mech on Rabbi Sachs here. It's about, I am in a jam. We are in a jam, right? We're threatened. Uh, and again, I think the threatened here is actual physical threat. That's really what it's about. Okay. okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and Birkat HaShanim, uh, we have, we, we do have Shanim in the beginning also. Okay. Any other closing thoughts, comments? We're, we're running. Got, we got to stop. Thanks for coming. God willing, we'll meet again next Tuesday, uh, when we will go on to the next group of brachot. We're moving along at quite a clip relative mm-hmm. to what, relative to the pace we've been on at other points in the past. All right. Everyone have a great day. Be Torah. God willing, we'll reconvene next Tuesday. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.